Welcome to Thousand Hills. We'd like to thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you enjoy this message, and we hope that it speaks blessings in your life. I want to uh, preach a message that God laid on my heart, and, and here's how I want to start it out. How many of you guys have ever been sorting cattle afoot, right? You're, you're, you're standing in the alley, you're standing in a crowd, and you're sorting cattle, but all of a sudden, one of the cows gets by one of the other guys, and it's coming straight toward you. Anybody ever been there? Yeah. Now, here's the thing that I've noticed. At, you know, at this point, when somebody, you know, either lets a cow get by you, they, they usually start yelling something like, be big, be big. And you say, well, what does that mean? Well, let me tell you what that means. Some of you ladies know because your husbands yelled it at you. They probably yelled other things, but that's what I'm going to keep it clean today. But that usually when, the, you know, a cow's coming out and, you know, and the, the cow got by them and they're yelling, you know, be big, be big. It usually means that get in the way, you know, don't let that cow by, don't let that cow by, get in the way. And it's like, be big. And then, you know, and then you have a decision to make. Am I going to obey the command? And, when, and usually the command is coming from the guy on the other side of the fence or in the pickup with the window down, right? It's never the guy in the corral with you or the alley that has this crazy cow coming at you. But they're usually yelling, be big. And you have a choice. Am I going to be big and get in front of that cow or am I going to just run? <laughs> now, how many of you guys have ever uh, ran from a cow? Anybody? Yeah. See, we're humble in our church. We humble ourselves and we admit when we've done that. And, and, and so, listen, you know, in those times, you know, it's fine and dandy to, you know, try to act tough and be big. But a lot of times I'm going to say that I have ran. I have ran. And, and innately, here's what I've learned. In, in a situation where maybe I don't know the cows or, you know, nobody's informed me that this cow's crazy. I'm always looking for a place where I can run. Anybody with me? Like when you get in an alley or a crowd, you're like, okay, where can I go if a cow's going to come after me? Right? It's innately in me that I do that. And you say, well, how do you know? Like I've never worked cows. You know, you may think, and I've never worked cows. How do I know, you know, if I'm supposed to run or not? Well, I'll give you a few examples. If, the, if cattle are stirred up and you've chased them for like 20 miles, they're probably going to want a little piece of you. Anybody with me? I mean, we had a cow one time. This cow would not come to the corral. So three of us cowboys, actually it wasn't me, it was three other cowboys, um, roped this cow and drug her butt all the way to the corral, about 300 yards. Drug her. I mean, she's a 1,200-pound cow. She's worth nothing nowadays. <laughs> right, Wes? So we drug her butt. But guess what she wanted to do when she got back to the corral? She wanted a piece of you. Right? She was butting horses and all kinds of stuff. And so here, here's the point. I mean, experience tells me that if the cow's stirred up, then they're probably going to come after you. But here's what else I've learned. Nine times out of ten, if you have a cow that's coming at you and she's got her old head, you know, you know, cocked up to the side and she's got her body curved around, she's looking for a place to get out, not to come after you. Nine times out of ten. So don't take my advice on that one because you may be the tenth time. And that cow may be coming to get you. Here's the other way. Here's the other way that I know that, you know, a cow, you know, may be coming after me is when somebody tells me, right? I mean, right? I mean, if you've got real friends, they're usually the ones who say, hey, watch that cow. Watch that bull. But if you've got sorry friends, they don't tell you nothing, right? And then that cow comes after you um, and chases you down. Here's what else I know. I, if, if you know the cattle, again, um, then you kind of know, you know, what to expect. But... Depending on the cattle that you uh, raise or the type of cattle or the breed of cattle, most cows are not out to get you, right? I always try to find a place where I can run just in case. 
right? Just in case. And this is another reason why horseback is always the way to go. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Today, I want to preach a message entitled, Be Big. Be Big. And here's the subtitle. Knowing when to run when life tries to mow you down. Knowing when to run when life tries to mow you down. You say, okay, but what's the point of this message? Well, here's here's what I know about life, okay? In this life, there are a lot of great things that we are to be thankful for, right? We got our freedom, amen? We've got jobs. Most of us got jobs. Most of us have healthy families or healthy kids or we're healthy ourselves. But here's the other side of that truth. We live in a world that is full of sin. I mean, let's just get real. We live in a world that is evil. We live in a world where, you know, people live with this upside-down thinking idea. I mean, they think right is wrong. They think wrong is right. I mean, and, and the truth is this. We live in a world where the devil rules, where he rules. He rules this world. And kind of like that crazy cow, guess what? He's coming at us fast. And he has nothing else in mind but to mow us down and to destroy us. John 10.10 says this, And the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And you say, well, who's the thief? Well, that's the devil. And here's here's the other thing. As I look at the world, if I were to be honest, sometimes I think, I think this, where can I run from this evil? Right? I mean, you think about it. Where can I run from this evil? I mean, can I be Amish? Right? I mean, is that the way? I mean, I saw a buggy on sale in northwest, you know, Oklahoma for sale on Facebook. And I thought, man, I'm just going to buy that buggy and buy me a trotter and, you know, trot off and go be Amish. I mean, I think about that. I mean, I think, where can I run from all the evil that's in this world? You know, that, that, again, we're surrounded by a lot of craziness in our world. It's everywhere. It's in our TVs. It's in our music. It's in our schools. It's even in some churches. And here's the other thing that I think about. How, how can I keep my kids safe from all the evil that's in this world? I mean, I look at that stuff and I think, how can I, how can I, you know, where can I run to get them, you know, safe from all the stuff that's going on in this world? I mean, I'll just give an example. I mean, you and I, as men, we grew up, you know, in pornography, we had to buy it, right? I mean, you had to go buy a magazine and, and, and to look at all that stuff. Our kids nowadays, they have it on every phone that they have. It's accessible. And I think, what the crap am I going to do? How do I get my kids away from, I mean, sexual immorality, no respect for authority. You know, again, just like, you know, that cow that's coming toward us, all this stuff is coming toward us as families and as individuals and as kids. And I'm looking for a place where I can run and find refuge. But here's the great news. There is a place. There is a place that we can run and it's actually a person. And you know who it is? We can run to Jesus. Amen? We can run to Jesus. Listen, you say, well, Bo, that's obvious. I mean, everybody knows that you should run to Jesus. Really? Not exactly. I mean, just like, you know, a lot of times people don't know where to run. When a cow's chasing them, they choose the wrong spot and they get mowed over by the cow, right? I mean, we do that too. I mean, you know, just like in our lives, that happens to us. I mean, I was in a pen or actually I was in an alleyway the other day. And I was in it with my buddy Lee Vanderworks. Anybody know Lee? 
Come on now, Lee's a good guy. And we were in this pen, and it was a concrete alley, right? We were in this alleyway, and these yearlings, they were probably seven-weight yearlings, and they were, we were sorting them off, heifers and steers, and we was going to ship them, right? Well, one of these, these uh, I don't remember if it was a heifer or a steer, but they're, I mean, big seven-weight suckers, got past another guy, and it was going to the wrong gate or going into the wrong pen. And Lee steps out, and, he, and I'm not, again, I'm not laughing at him. I'm laughing with him. Right? I mean, you know what I'm saying. But he steps the wrong way, and this yearling just mows him down. I mean, just mows him down. He hit the ground, the concrete. He gets back under. He's like, am I bleeding? Am I bleeding? And I'm like, no, dude, you're not bleeding. That was fun. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. I don't make fun of him like that. I was crying with him. Not really. But, I mean, and, and can I just tell you the truth about cows? It's usually not the 1,200-pound or the 1,400-pound cow that's really going to hurt you. It's usually that little seven-weight cow that's really going to kick your teeth out. You know what I'm saying? Can I get an amen? That applies to us spiritually as well. It's usually not those big, huge, evil sins that are going to get you. It's usually that little one that you think is small. That was free, by the way. But here's the sad truth. Many people, including Christians... They, they've bought into the lie that, that they can run to things of this world and find refuge. I'll give you a few examples. I mean, there, there are people that are stressed by life, that are facing evil situations, and things are coming at them, you know, fast and hard. And they say, well, you know, I'm just going to go to that bar. I'm just going to drink one. And then they end up crap-faced and in bed with someone that's not their wife or their husband. They turn to those, those wrong things. They turn to, to things like, you know, boyfriends or girlfriends. If you're a teenager, young person, I mean, people have bought into this, that if I just have a boyfriend, if I just have a girlfriend, you know, that would solve all my problems. And they turn and they run from all the things that are facing them, all the destruction that's in their family, all the things that, you know, are trying to tear them down, and they run to all these things of the world. Marriage. I mean, some people are like, if I could just get married, that'll solve all my problems. I mean, everything will go away. And they enter into a marriage that isn't of God's will. Some people, it's food, right? Some people, they're like, oh, man, the stresses of the world, I'm just going to eat. I'm going to keep eating. I'm going to, you know, just, you know, keep eating. And there's some people, it's money. They turn to money. If I'm just going to go work at my job, and, and surely these things will help me find refuge from this world. Can I just tell you the truth? The truth is there's only one safe place and it's in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen? And you may be thinking, well, Bo, how do I run to Jesus? How do I run to him? Well, first of all, you need to realize that he died on a cross so that you could be forgiven of all your sins. And here's, here's when you become a Christian, here's some of the ways that you can run to him. You ready? You can run to him through prayer. Right? I mean, look at Psalm 34, 17. The, Lord's, the Lord what? Hears his people when they call to him for help. He what? Rescues them from all their troubles. You say, well, how do I run to Jesus? How do I get to him? How do I get access to him? How do I know, you know that he's there? You pray. And you say, okay, I don't know what to do here. All this stuff's coming at me. I don't know where to go. What do you want me to do? And guess what he says? He says, I'll hear your prayers and I'm going to rescue you. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that, that Jesus will always provide a way out. It's just our choice on whether we take it. 
And so listen, you say, well, how do I run to Jesus? How do I get close to him? When all this stuff's coming at me, you pray and you ask him to, to, to guide you and to give you the wisdom and to give you the protection. Here's the thing. There, there have been times in my life where prayer was all I had. But guess what? Prayer was all I needed. <laughs> it's a powerful weapon that you can fight this evil world with. Um, here's another example of a, a way that you can run to Jesus. You can run to him through his word. The Bible is, is still the truth that we can live by. Look at Psalm 119. It says this. You have done many good things for me, Lord, just as you promised. I believe in your what? I believe in your commands. Now teach me good judgment and knowledge. I used to wander off until you disciplined me. But now I closely follow your word. Here's the truth. When you're facing the threats, the evil threats of this world, guess what? We can run to God's word for refuge. I'll give you, I mean, in my own life, I, I'm, I'm physically pretty healthy. I mean, I'm fat and out of shape, but, but I'm physically pretty healthy. I don't have too many ailments. But, and so the devil doesn't, he, or he hasn't yet tried to defeat me through illness or something like that. But here's how he gets me. He gets me in my mind. I mean, again, you may not deal with mental struggles, but usually where the devil attacks me and where the threats come is he, he tries to get a hold of my mind. And guess what I've learned? There is only truly one place that I can find refuge, and, and that is when I replace the wrong thoughts that he's pouring into my mind with the Word of God. It's the truth, right? I mean, I used to think, well, I'm just going to reject it. And I don't want to think about that. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to think about that. Guess what? When I try to do that, I think about it more because all I'm doing is rejecting that thought. But when I replace it with the truth of God's word and I get to hear what he thinks about me rather than what the devil's telling me, everybody else thinks about me, guess what? I can defeat the evil devil that's trying to kick me in the teeth and trying to defeat me mentally. I can do it every time. So you say, where do I run? How do I run to him? You can run to him through prayer. You can run to him through the word that he gives you. Again, well, all of us, let's be honest. All of us have made a wrong choice. All of us have run the wrong direction. Can I get an amen on that? Can we all just admit that? All of us have followed the world rather than the word. All of us have disobeyed and all of us have sinned against him. And so you may be thinking, well, that's where I'm at. I mean, I've made a wrong decision. I'm in a wrong situation. I don't know what to do. Can I just give you the answer to that? Guess what? You need to get up and you need to run back to Jesus. Again, the devil has mowed you down. He's, he's defeated you in that area. But guess what? You can run back to Jesus. I'll give you an example. There was a guy named David in the Bible. He was a small boy, grew up to be a king, the king of Israel. As a small boy, he did some amazing things. I mean, he killed lions and bears with his own hands. He defeated a giant named, what was the giant's name? Goliath. He, can, he defeated a giant even as a little boy with, you know, some stones and a slingshot. I mean, that's how, that's how cool of a kid he was, right? Well, he grows up and he loves the Lord. But then one day he decides instead of going with his army to go to battle, he decides I'm going to stay home and I'm going to let everybody else fight the battle. And guess what? He's on top of his house. He's hanging out, drinking sangria. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. What do, what do they drink? Wine. He's drinking wine. You know, he's drinking wine on top of his house. And all of a sudden, he sees this woman bathing in the river. What was her name? Does anybody remember? Bathsheba. 
right? Bathsheba. And, and, and David, although he had enough wives because it was acceptable to have more than one back then, he had all these wives. He says, hey, guess what? I want that wife or I want that girl or I want that Bathsheba. And he says, servant, go get her. And they brought Bathsheba to him and he had sex with her and she got pregnant and he found out that she was pregnant. So guess what he did? He said, oh, she's married. Oh, well, he's a general in my army. I want you to put that general on the front lines and I want him to be killed in the line of duty. And David had Bathsheba's husband killed. Guess what? David got mowed over. David faced a situation and he did not choose the right path. But here's the thing that I want you to get out of. The thing that I love about David was this. He didn't just stay down. Guess what? He got back up and he ran back to God. I mean, you can read it in the Bible. The Psalms were mostly written by David. And I want you to hear one. Psalm 31, listen to what he says. Even after all the sin that he had committed, all the successes that he had, listen to what he says. He says, I what? I run to you, God. I run for dear life. Don't let me down. Take me seriously this time. Get down on my level and listen. And please, no procrastination. Your granite cave, a hiding place. Your high cliff is a, is a place of safety. You're my cave to hide in. My cliff to climb. Be my safe leader. Be my true mountain guide. Free me from the hidden traps. I want to hide in you. I've put my life in your hands. You won't drop me. You will never let me down. Listen, in spite of his sin, guess what he did? He got back up and he ran to God. In spite of it. Again, some of you guys, you're like, oh, sexual temptation. It's not mine. I mean, that's not where I struggle. Maybe your temptation is to lie, to cover your butt at work. Maybe your temptation is to compromise on your values because you don't want your buddies to think that you're too religious. Maybe your temptation is to worry and to fret because all this stuff's going wrong in the world. How am I going to overcome this? And you worry and you fret and the devil kicks your butt through that temptation. Maybe your threat is an illness and you're thinking, if I get sick, I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, what, you know, what hope do I have? And it kicks your butt. Maybe your, your temptation is to allow your kids to take part in things that are sinful. You don't want them to feel left out. Maybe that's your temptation. Maybe your temptation is to keep up with the Joneses. And you're, you're, you're falling deeper and deeper into debt because you want to impress somebody. Again, maybe your temptation is to sacrifice your family for your job. I don't know. But here's what I do know. All of us have failed in certain areas. Amen? And the truth is, we need to run to Jesus before we get mowed over. But even when we do, listen, we need to get back up and run back to him because he is our refuge and our strength. Now, here's the thing. I could close my folder and I could be done right there, but I'm not because here's what else I want you to hear. Once you've gained the forgiveness and the mercy and the strength of Jesus and you've run back to him, here's point number two and I'm done. We must run back into the world. See, this is the part where people, if they're too religious or too, you know, stuck up as a Christian, they go, I'm just going to hang out with all my Christian friends then. I'm not going to face the world anymore. I'm just going to get my Christian corral and I'm just going to hang out with all the good cows. 
I wasn't looking at anybody when I said that. No, I didn't call anybody a cow. But, but that's what they say. But here's what I've learned. Just because I have one cow in a pen that chases me out, guess what? I have to get back into the pen and sort the rest of the cows. I still got a job to do. And guess what? It's the same in our lives as Christians. Just because this evil defeats us in one area doesn't mean we just go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm never going back. I'm just going to stay with you. I'm going to hide in your refuge, and I'm going to be in this little comfort zone all the time. No, listen, Jesus doesn't want us to do that. You know how I know? Because he prayed to his father, and listen to what he said in John chapter 17. He says this. He says, now, Lord, and, and he's talking to his father, now I am coming to you. I told them, which are my disciples, I told them many things while I was with them in this, what, world, so that they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. But listen to this. I'm not asking you to take them. Let's say it together. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. Listen, they do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you have sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. You see what Jesus' prayer is? He's saying, hey, God, don't take all my, my followers out of the world. Don't make them feel like all, you know, they have to stick with me this whole time and find refuge in me. Send them back. Send them into the world. Here's what I've learned about Jesus. Are you ready for this? this God showed me this the other day. Jesus is in heaven, right? He left this earth after his ministry was done. He's in heaven. But guess what? I, here's what I believe. Jesus' heart is to be here on earth. You say, but I don't know if I buy that. I mean, I'm surely Jesus wants to be with his father in heaven. And while he did want to be with his father in heaven, here's what I know about Jesus. Because I read scripture all the time that says he came to seek and to save that which is lost. He came to, to die so that people could be saved. And guess what? I don't think that Jesus's heart has changed. So guess what I know about Jesus? That his desire is to be here on earth. And guess what? If God was to look at Jesus and say, Jesus, hey, I want you to go back. I want you to do some more ministry. I want you to make a bigger difference in the world. So I want you to go back to earth and do that. Guess what Jesus would say? He'd say, let's do this. And so here's the truth. You may be overwhelmed by the evil in the world. I may be overwhelmed by the evil in the world. But I can't just sit back and enjoy all the blessings of Jesus and not go back into the world and try to save people who haven't experienced what I've got to experience. Listen, yeah. Until, listen, until Jesus does call us all home, he wants us to be a light that shines bright in this dark world. He wants us to do it. And you say, well, how do you know? Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is speaking and listen to what he calls us. He says, you are the what? Light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine for who? All to see. 
so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. And so here's the point. Even though we're going to face temptation, even though the devil's going to get us sometimes, he still wants us to be in the world. And so here's the question. Who do you run to when that crazy cow called the devil comes after you? Are you running to people? Are you running to things? Are you running to the things of this world? Are you running to the, you know, the pleasures of this world? Or are you running to Jesus? And again, once he's given you the strength and you've gotten your strength back, are you just hiding out, just going from one Christian event to the other Christian event and staying away from all the dirty people, all the people that, again, are struggling, all the evil people? I mean, all these things, and you just walk by them and you say, oh, I don't want to face any of this evil stuff. Are you asking them, hey, how can I help? I know you're going through a hard time. I want to help you. I want to show you the light that is has helped me in my life, even in the midst of the darkness. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Again, I want to ask you these questions. You don't have to answer them out loud, but just answer them in your heart. Where where do you run to when the world tries to mow you down? Do you run to the things of the world? run to maybe a relationship that maybe isn't healthy. You run to, you know, substance stuff that, that isn't going to drown your, your, you know, pain or your stress. Or do you run to Jesus? My prayer is that you will run to Jesus because you, he is your only hope. What about this? When you get mowed down, do you stay down and do you just, you know, waller in the crap and, the, you know, just in, in the blood and all the stuff, you know, just laying on the ground because the devil's defeated you? Or do you get back up and run back to him? See, that's the amazing thing about Jesus is he died on a cross while we were still filthy. So he doesn't say, hey, come to me clean, get cleaned up. Get your act together and then come to me. No, he says, come to me filthy and I'll wash you white as snow. And here's the other thing, and this is mainly for Christians, but once once God has strengthened you and he's given you the strength that you need to face the evil world, are you going back into the world to try to rescue And to sort through those that need to know him. I pray that you are. See this, listen, with your head bowed and your eyes closed. This church was not created for a bunch of Christian people just to have a party. This church was created and God called us to to start a church that is going to reach the unchurched world. The evil the down and out, the sinner. And so listen, that is who we are called to reach. And so my prayer is that you would join us in that reach and in trying to reach this world. And so maybe you just need to pray this prayer, maybe in your heart, this prayer of commitment. Lord, 
when I face temptations of this world, help me to run to you. Remind me that you're there. Give me the strength to run to you rather than run than rather than to run to the world. Remind me to pray. Remind me to spend time in your word. And help me obey it when the temptation comes. Maybe you just need to pray this commitment as well. Lord, when I've failed and sin has mowed me down, help me to get back up and help me to run back to you. Maybe you just need to pray and thank God for the grace that he's given you, the mercy that he's given you, the forgiveness that he's given you, even in spite of your failures. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus personally, so you're like, man, I don't, I don't even know him. I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about him. Listen, you can know him today. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, it says that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You say, what does that mean? Well, simply put, it means that if you will ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin and you'll confess him as your Lord and Savior, he will free you from the sin in your life. He'll forgive you of your past and he will come into your life so that you can be guided by him. And so maybe in your chair right now, you just maybe need to pray this prayer in your heart. Jesus, I know you died for me. I know I'm not worthy of your forgiveness, but I need it. And I'm asking you to forgive me. Come into my life. Save me from my sin. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. Listen, maybe you just prayed that prayer for the very first time. That is the greatest decision that you'll ever make in your life. There's nothing hokey about it. It's not some, you know, like ghost that you're believing in. He is the real deal. He is the creator of the world. And now you have given your life over to him and he wants to rule your life. He wants to be the boss of your life so that he can bless you. So that you can experience the truth about, you know, his love. And how he wants you to live. And so we rejoice in your decision today. And you say, well, okay, but what do I do now? Well, we're going to explain the next step that you need to take. Again, now that you've given your life to Christ or made a commitment to him, we want to connect with you so that you can grow, so that we can fight this battle together. So you don't have to sort through all the craziness alone. That's why the church exists. It's not only to... to to be served ourselves, but to serve others. And so we want to connect with you. Wes and Jill are going to come here in a minute and they're going to explain how you can connect. But let me close this in a word of prayer. Lord, thank you. Thank you that I can run to you. Thank you that I can run to you when the crazy cows of the world chase me. The temptation of sin chases me. I can run to you. And I praise you for that. That you are our refuge. You are my refuge. And you are my cave that I can hide in. You are, you're a place of protection. And no one can, can ruin me when I'm with you. 
And so, Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that each person in this room would find refuge in you. And Lord, once they've done that, once they've been strengthened and forgiven and found mercy, I pray that each one of us would run back into the world, back into the darkness with the light of you. So thank you. Thank you for the privilege of of carrying your light into the evil world. May we never stop. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys again for listening today. If you've made a commitment today or if you have any needs, feel free to contact us at info at thousandhillsranch.church or you can text or call 580-216-6427. And may God bless the ride you're on.